0: You are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the ProSound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their line of Pro Studio headphones at AudixUSA.com. Alan and Heath, check out the AHM Matrix family AHM 64, AHM 32, and AHM 16. 96 kHz FPGA powered sonic powerhouses for projects of all sizes. Signal to Noise would like to welcome new sponsor RCF. Pro audio manufacturer of professional line array, subwoofer, and loudspeaker systems, as well as portable sound solutions and audio tools for your production studio. For over 70 years, RCF's passion for perfection drives the design of every product to create unique experiences for customers and audiences around the globe. Visit RCF at rcf-usa.com for the latest news and product information. RCF, the sound behind the experience.
1: I wish I could break. To be i, I break free. back to where i be i, I break free.
2: welcome to the sickles of noise podcast on the Pro Sound web podcast network i'm chris leonard joined by michael the handsome hey. sam boone and kyle churnside
0: how's it going
3: yeah Hola. doing well
0: I'm going to just skip right ahead. The coolest thing I have within arm's reach is this Batman pocket knife that Cat got me. And I don't care what any of y'all has got, because this is the coolest shit ever.
3: I'm glad you shared that with us. And it came with a bar of soap.
0: It came with a bar of soap. It's like one of the coolest gifts ever. Paul, what is that?
3: No way.
0: What is that? Is it
4: a double xylophone? Like a theremin. Yeah, it's a... the thing, bane thing. of my
5: existence.
4: <laughs> 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 yes. Welcome to the club. Leaplap's thingama kit. It's got a it's got sensor light sensors that change the
3: So it's like a theremin with light.
4: Yeah, and kind of alieny. Oh uh, no, It's
6: got I, a God, I device
2: one. Well, I want one. Well, before then, before I any any of us do our coolest thing, well, I just introduce you know Paul and Courtney Clemson. Welcome to the Yay. podcast. Yay. Thank you. Well, this, about is, this is when enough.
0: we can say welcome back. actually. Hey, welcome hey, back. that is yeah, right. true. That only it only took us two years. Yeah, two
5: yeah. years. A lot
0: has been, changed uh, in the.
4: So was two years. So much.
2: Well, uh, so I guess I'll do my arms reach, and then we can go around. Uh, so I have a Smart Live, hey, five version wow. five, Smart Live S I A, you know, Smart Live disc
3: CD made disc, by yeah. AOL. Yeah. You yeah. used to be able to get <laughs> yeah, those yeah, a, a thousand goes, minutes,
0: right? and the, yeah, you got thousand minutes of analysis time, and you got to throw it out. And wait for CD next
3: ROM. One.
2: Anyway, uh, Sam, what what is new from an hour ago <laughs> with <his arms laughs> re- I
6: through. used my cool one last time. <laughs> uh, no, I just got a little baby KVM, and I really love it. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Wait
0: for those of listeners who don't know what a KVM is, please explain.
6: Oh. Basically, I can plug two laptops and one keyboard and one mouse into one screen. I control it all from the same keyboard and mouse, and see. Other screens, and I have a nifty little button that I push to switch in between the computers. Nerd. It's wow. quite nice; it makes me very happy. All
2: right, Kyle, treasure chest over there. What do you What do you
3: got? I don't know. I just just started grabbing stuff. We just recorded <laughs> another episode. I got uh, Peter Griffin and uh, Can you do Can you do their voices? No, I can't. No, <laughs> Stewie and Meg, and I think one of my dogs ate. <laughs> today, <but laughs> That's it fitting happens. for Meg. That's fitting for
2: Meg, by the way. Um Courtney, I love the fact that you are frantically looking around right now.
3: I am. A, I'm like, it's shit, it's what do I
5: have? <laughs> there's gotta be a
3: ghost in that room. I'm dead serious. Every time I look back there, there's like
5: oh. Listen, it's still the the part of Michigan that we're in, it is still light outside at nine forty five at night. So That's there very right. well could be creepy, crawly things going around out there. I don't know, but I got nothing. I have an expired uh, medical marijuana card <laughs> that I'm gonna get does it refreshed really on Saturday. Yeah. It does every two years. I have, um, mm, yeah, Nope. nothing. I, I got the boring office. He's got all the toys. All
0: right, Paul, oh, what do you got? Oh, what do you got over there. Well, he just what? no. Oh, That's true. He did the crazy thing. Oh, he so did the crazy thing. Yeah, yeah.
5: Oh, he's got more. He's
0: oh, coming back. Oh, it's, it's, wait, no, it's, it's back. coming back because Courtney I hates I, yeah. <laughs> so,
3: like I got a meeting. Chris, there. I
0: know you have. I know you've got bullet points, but it's been, as Courtney pointed out, it's been quite a while. Well, that just well, we hold on. Folks well, on. The, hold on. My no,
2: no, two no, bullet no. points. The first one was, what's the update of where the Rhodey Clinic is? That was going to be the first that, bullet
0: point. We, our audience has grown quite a bit. So why don't we just start with what is the Rhodey Clinic, Courtney and Paul? Maybe you can just give <laughs> us a give us an elevator pitch here.
5: We're a bunch of batshit crazy. No, I'm kidding. The
0: Rhodey <laughs> <That's> Clinic. <awesome. laughs>
5: We are an advocacy group for roadies and their families. So we are here, we exist to empower and heal roadies and their families uh, by providing services and resources tailored to the struggles of the touring lifestyle. That is our mission statement. Um, Really, we're all about just people finding a healthy road life and a healthy home life and um, what that meant two years ago versus what that means (laughs) today, night and day. But uh, we've grown a lot and we're happy to be back to share it all with you guys.
3: And yeah. and I'm sure the second question that Chris is going to ask, I'll blow it now, but you guys have done this. You've been there. You've done this. You were both touring or working in the entertainment industry. So you've been there, done this, and you, you guys can back it up with stuff that you've already experienced and people around you have. And that's what's awesome about the clinic. It's like yeah. tailored to our stupidity and the way that we live. It really yeah. is.
5: For sure. I mean, we've been married for 19 years, and we've been best friends for 25 years. Hell and yeah. And so, you know, we've experienced everything from both of us touring in van and trailers and, and small town, you know, whatever, from high school and college days, to, I mean, he's done the Super Bowl halftime show. I put you 2 on top of Rockefeller Center for The Tonight Show. We've had careers that have gone on for dates, and somehow we still like each other a little bit most times, <laughs> I think. But yeah, there's really nothing. Card renewed. Except for having kids, there's nothing we haven't experienced in this industry, uh, and so yeah, we figure if, if we can survive this together, let's help others do the same.
4: That's amazing,
3: Paul. You're still doing it.
4: Yeah, yeah, still, still uh, riding, flinging faders here and there and everywhere. Wait, wait. So I, Sam,
0: and I were out at a festival, and Kyle sent a picture. a a selfie of Paul to our group text. And behind Paul, I see the fucking same stage (laughs) as the stage I'm working on. I was like, fucking Paul's here. Hold on. So so we we did a gig together by accident. Yeah.
6: He goes, is that a rotator? That looks familiar. And like he holds the phone up beside the stage. It was like, oh shit.
0: We
3: were sitting there texting (laughs) and he was like, man, I got to go set up. I'll get back to you. And I was like, okay. And I sent a picture and then he sent a picture and then you guys... And it was so weird how it came together. Like ten minutes later, there's a group photo and like <laughs> incredible.
4: It was it was a good day. That was a, that was a interesting, fun one. And luckily, Michael and Sam tipped me off to all of the the pitfalls I was doing front house for the Roots, which isn't my forte, but is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I always take any tips, tricks, hints from people who've been at that end longer than I have.
2: So your your primary gig right now is monitors for Drake, right? Yes, sir yep
4: awesome yeah that's coming up awesome. soon again i not sure how much we can say about it but uh yeah rumblings
2: awesome. <laughs> as awesome. it goes yeah um so what uh we you know for those who haven't listened they should maybe go back and listen to the the first episode we had with you guys which was probably before episode 50 if i had to guess i mean it was it, it, was, it was fresh it was fresh a while ago and you guys literally had like hit the fan you guys had like just bought the building i think that you guys are in now and all that so that's almost 2 years ago so what what has happened for the clinic since then i mean like you guys had just birthed the concept at that right. that was like like the main pr wasn't even out really for the 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 clinic at that point when we first talked to you guys. I think you guys were
4: the first podcast. I really do. I I can't think of right. No,
5: you were. There's no... There was something about Showmaker Symposium before, and then it was you. But we we had no idea who we were, what we were doing. We just wanted to be a part.
4: Showmakers, Courtney was a guest, and I wasn't on it. So this was the first industry specific highlighting the roadie Clinic. So and as the industry's gone exactly on so many levels. (laughs) (laughs) So shitty. I mean, there's four of you now. It keeps expanding. You know? yes.
5: It does. And when we were talking to you last, we were talking to you from the pool room of our cousins who we were mm-hmm. living with in their basement That's for right. six weeks because yeah. we we had been we're living homeless. in New York City and we had about five major clients on our on our roster, and they all within a week said deuces because of COVID. Um, and we couldn't afford our life in New York anymore. And yeah. so within two weeks, we literally packed our apartment in 24 hours and moved to Michigan. And we lived in our building, the Rhodey Clinic building, for two weeks in a tent because we didn't want to be responsible for bringing COVID to Michigan. At that point, wow. New York City was the epicenter. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
5: Um, so we were talk- we were essentially homeless the last time we talked to you guys. And um, mm-hmm. since then, my cousins bought another building, and that's our apartment that we live in right now, which is right through that window is the Rhodey Clinic. Mm-hmm. Um built by the same builder. So it's, you know, we got to practice here with what we want to build over there. Um, and really in the last two years, it's it's been a lot of demo. And would you say the demo is complete?
3: Demo's complete.
5: Demo's I like, complete.
3: I like Paul's demo videos. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I like when he comes home from them and he's not broken a bone because oh. he's a big, 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 big baby when he
1: <laughs>
5: but I love you. Um, so yeah, so the building is is it's ready to be inhabited. Um, we are still working with our architect. We've just kind of brought that back to life because you know we had COVID where we had no money for two years, mm-hmm. and so how do we pay for an architect? We have no money. Um, and and really, that's at a pause. But so that was you know year one was us being homeless and us just raising awareness. We wanted people to know that we were going to be here post COVID. We wanted them to know that we wanted to be a part of the conversation. Um, That this was something that we had intentionally started before COVID. And, you know, it was not just a reaction to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what year one was all about for us. And then year two was... Getting to work on building this network that we've been mm. talking about, so I can jump into all that if you guys are ready for it. <laughs> um,
1: um,
2: yeah, I mean it's what so I, the, the two places we wanted to go was definitely an update and or just an awareness of what you guys are doing, yeah. and then obviously continuation of the conversation um, that anyone who's been listening to recent episodes uh, we've kind of been talking about um, the work life balance struggles, the um, um, burnout things right these are all things that are issue that we really need to talk about i obviously mm-hmm. have some um i'm kind of publicly kind of talking about my journey with that and I, i've engaged with you guys to help mm-hmm. look what that path looks like to get to a therapist and all that so um well tell you what so i i maybe one place to start is um you know so a few weeks ago i recognized that i was kind of in a a a little bit a mix of burnout or recognizing that i have a habitual pattern of work-life balance issues Mm. right um and so it's like well hey we've been talking about the roadie clinic for the last two years i should probably (laughs) i should probably tap into that resource right Uh, um and uh and talk to paul and courtney and um And what you guys did is you guys set me up with, uh, backline, um, Mm -hmm. which you can maybe probably describe better what backline is than me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they, um, I did like a, a consultation call with backline, um, ask some questions a mix of insurance and or what I'm going through all these things and then they said okay hey here's the therapist that we recommend for you and if this therapist doesn't work here's all of the other resources that we have um and just as an update where I'm at on that is I have that resource that that therapist's um, email. I've emailed them today. So I'm, I'm still in the process of actually getting to a therapist, mm-hmm. um, but that's where I am. So maybe can you describe, so if someone reaches out to yeah. the Rudy Clinic for help, and it, there's, there's a lot of things, right? Like I'm, and Paul and I have talked about this, I'm not in a crisis mode, if you will, mm-hmm. as opposed to others who maybe are, whether it's addiction, whether it's depression, whether it's mm-hmm. whatever, those are kind of two different avenues. I'm just, I recognize for myself that I have a habitual pattern that um, ebbs and flows and that when I recognize it and deal with it, it's good for a minute and then it's not, right? And I want to fix that so from a long-term mm. perspective, right? Um, but anyway, so if someone calls the Rody Clinic, what are the yeah. things that people should call or reach out to you guys for? And what can you guys do for people?
5: Well, this is the first thing I want to say about that. Is it's really anything you come to us with any problem that you're experiencing with passports, any need that you even have, passports. even passports, <laughs> whatever <laughs> it is. And and I have done a great deal of work over the last two years building an industry referral network. So I don't just have referrals for therapy organizations like Beckham. I, I I have the gamut from financial care to legal counsel to um, medical insurance. Um, healthcare, Mm -hmm. therapy, passport services, all these things, right? So you asked me to kind of just I want to touch on Backline really quick. It's backline.care, and these people are phenomenal. They they were one of the first organizations I networked with, and they have built a roster of over 200 clinicians around the country, Um, and they are vetted to first and foremost understand the music industry and the struggles that we all go through. So you don't have to go through any of that crap of like, oh, well, just get some more sleep and it'll be fine. (laughs) Oh, sure. Thanks so much. Um, So... So yeah, like like Chris said, when you go to Backline's website and you request uh, to meet up with a case manager, right there on the website you can pick your day and time. And then, like his experience was, they do go through and ask you all those questions and 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 hit you with some resources. Um, not everybody Backline doesn't work for everybody, and sometimes those therapists don't work out. So we do have other networks of other therapists. And and what I told Chris and what I tell everybody else is, if if that s- solution isn't working for you, come back to us. We're not going to leave your side. Mm-hmm. Um if, if we can't find something on the immediate, we're going to work until we, we do find a solution. And we've got some great advisors who mm-hmm. speak into that as well, which, which we'll get to. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we've had people, um, I'd say... A majority of people who reach out to us are men between the ages of 35 and 50 um, it's mostly what you're talking about Chris that work-life balance or a lot of relationship issues um, and really a, a lot of straight panic like we've had several people call from the gig site like I, I don't even know how I did this
1: mm-hmm.
5: um, and sometimes people just need to talk to a peer right sometimes they just need to hear that they're not losing their mind that they're not alone in this um, and that's what we're happy to that's what we call peer chats right so we just if you just want to talk to somebody who's been there before and who gets it that's what we're here for.
4: and what she's done as well is, is in the peer chats is connected um two moms who had um children over the break and now the husband was leaving and they were nearby uh, geographically and got that together so there's support in people who are going like if we don't understand it we'll find the other connections inside of our you know, ongoing network of humans that know us before this started and now know us because of, um, you know, us stepping in the spotlight and and taking this on.
5: Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to know what parents struggle with because I don't, I mean, I have, I have kids that I love like my own, but I did not birth them and I am not raising them full time. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to just go and pretend to parent, you know, right alongside you and know what I'm talking about, but I will find the parents that are out there that want to support you and want to help you through Mm -hmm. that. Um, and so, that's what we find
4: the most is people who hear about what we're doing that are on the not needing help side and will go, I'm available. Yeah. And and they Sign keep coming back to be like, Do you need anything? It's like we haven't yeah, you're in our toolbox. We just haven't crossed into a zone that needs your particular expertise or heart for what's going on. But that's what keeps us going is knowing you get that random little nugget from, say, like a Benny Chrysler, who was um, um, uh, Cr- Dusty, Dusty Chrysler's mom. Uh, he was out with me on Timberlake. Uh, Bill Chrysler mixed some massive names. And they run a studio, but even Benny's like, I want to help families. I want to be there for you guys. I will come paint if I need to. It's just that love of the the you know our road family, which we've all come to know as. More than just colleagues, you know, which is part of the story. You really can't tell the gen pop.
5: Yeah. The other thing I want to touch on, too, outside of that, the men group from 35 to 50, the second largest group of people that have come to us are women who have been somewhere in that trajectory of sexual assault, harassment, abuse. Um, And it's in the double digits at this point, um, women who have been scared for years to say anything, who haven't known what to do, and they'll just reach out and we'll talk. Mm-hmm. And what we've learned over that is um, I've got a couple of, of legal counsels, uh, people that are willing to just donate their time and chat and their employment um, specialists, like labor law specialists kind of people. Mm-hmm. And so we just consult, right? And we say, okay, tell us the story what happened and here are your options. And mm-hmm. we're not, we're not trying to push them into doing anything, but just so you know, these are things that you can do if you want that. And then B, let's get you into therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, it's a wide range. We even have some roadie kids that we're working with. Um, one, my intern is the Chrysler family, um, Sarah Jane. She's been a roadie kid her whole life. And so she can speak into the kids' side of things, which mm-hmm. has been great. So yeah, it's, if people need us, find us. Send us an email, info at the Courtney or Paul at the rhodiclinic.com call us, email us, reach out on social media. There's nothing that you can say to us that will be like, ah uh, no, we can't help you. There's nothing <laughs> that you can say to us that will scare us, that will hurt us, that will offend us. We are here to help. We have um, open hearts, open minds. We don't mm. fit into any box and it's really, however we can help. That's what we want to do.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> so, I want to I want to maybe dig into, you know, Paul and I have started to talk a little bit on a weekly basis, um, and as I've been trying to, so for those who, and maybe who haven't, you know, um, listened to, we had a, an episode or two about work-life balance or whatever, I encourage you to go listen to that, because maybe I'll give you a little more context that I'm going to dig into now, so I'm going to take it a step further. One of the things that I recognized for myself from work-life balance is when i when i come home from gigs or i'm in a strong or a very busy period of work mm. um when i am home my my wife, uh, my wife is the one who pointed this out to me. She's like, I don't get the best of you, right? Yeah. Uh, like when uh, this, this all came to light when I was at Nam and came back from mm-hmm. Nam. But obviously, this is it, it's happened multiple times, right? And it was like, hey, you know, you know, Michael and Kyle and you know whoever they got the best of you because when you're home, you're now back to reality and you're worried about bills and you're worried about you know my regular day job or whatever. And it's like you're stressed and it's like meanwhile when I was talking to the phone every day while you are out there you were you know on cloud nine and all these things right you know um and so what i've been trying to process and so i I just recently did a really big gig in chicago same thing right i'm out there i'm i'm on you know i'm doing 14 hour days of working but at the same time like it's not bothering me to it at all like Mm -hmm. i'm loving every minute of it right and then i come home and there is this, um, and this is what I'm looking forward to maybe learning more about, whether it's, I don't know if it's a dopamine hit that I'm on, then I come home and there's a crash and whether it's, whether it's depression, I call it a funk, whatever you want to label it as when I'm home, the, I've recognized that there is this psychological pull down on me mm. that is different than when I'm not home, right? Mm. And so, be, and I've recognized that, like it or not, that my family is not going to stimulate me the same way as what my work does whether that's healthy or not right wrong or different but that's just what I'm recognizing where I'm at um, and it affects my moods it affects my decisions it affects my response to my kids it affects all these things um, mm-hmm. so that's what I've just been observing that I kind of knew but I'm trying to lean into it a little bit more um, and that's that's the next wave of where I'm at and trying to mentally process this work-life balance and the, and the coming off of the high being home. And Sam, you can maybe even talk about like, so you were just on this massive tour and now you're home. There's this post tour crash, mental crash. Yeah, that
6: happened. Mm. The first, and I wasn't really home for my first week. Like I was at my house for 48 hours and like, kind of ran around a little bit and was like in san diego that was back and so this is like day two of being at my house like how you doing not getting ready to get on a plane mm. it's really weird <laughs> um i wasn't expecting to have to readjust this much um because we're starters like we were in europe the whole time so the time change is one thing going from mm. europe to the west coast and back so that was that was a nice little nine hour swing um (laughs) so finally in the right time zone that's that's helped um i normally hate cooking it was really nice to like make a fresh meal Mm -hmm. that was really like shockingly i'm noticing that i am appreciating the little things more which is really Mm -hmm. nice uh but definitely coming back and like not walking into a massive PA every day is really weird. And I find myself kind of like wandering around my house randomly, just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like it's, it's very strange. Like you hear people talk about it and there's nothing that will prepare you for it until you get there. And you're like, why am I standing in this room? Like I, I didn't come in here for anything. I'm just pacing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah definitely still something I'm working on. and there was definitely a couple of days of like just crashing from the adrenaline and we had a we had a four in a row towards the end that just mm. kind of wiped everybody out and definitely slept for most of today. <laughs> um, thankfully, but mm-hmm. it's a very strange feeling. I don't think I have a good way to describe it yet because I don't feel lost. Cause like I know where I am, I know what I'm doing. I I am home for a grand total of a week. Um but like I definitely went grocery shopping for the first time in 3 months and that was yes. wild. Mm-hmm. Uh that was an experience. And just I appreciate the little mundane things more, but I definitely it feels very isolated. Mm. There's nobody else in the house and you're used to having this giant crew around you. And I mean we didn't have a ton of people, but we had Probably drivers, everybody involved, 70 people. Mm-hmm. So Interaction,
3: you know, too.
6: Right? Yeah. So um, it's very odd. What you
5: guys are both experiencing is what we called back in the day our transition days, which were those things where, um, yeah, for him, it was all that adrenaline and all that. Ah, and he was always so great. Um And I was always desperate to see him and desperate to be with him. I was always the one at home, Um, and he would get home, and within the first twenty-four hours, we'd be ripping each other's faces off, like screaming, um, slamming doors, sleeping in separate rooms. Um, We'd go to Walmart, and he'd start like chucking things over the aisle at me, and he would turn into a little man child. (laughs) It was just, it was, it was a lot. Um, And it wasn't until what would you say, Paul, four years ago? Mm-hmm. Maybe not even um, that we started to to like actually recognize that that was real and that maybe it was something we needed to work on. Because wh- if we know it's coming, why do we have to engage in it? Like if we don't want to fight and we don't want to scream and we don't want to feel like we're losing our minds. Um, and, you know, I'll let Paul to speak to this a little bit more. But you guys, you're out there and every minute of every day is scheduled. And so, of course, you're having a blast because you don't have to think about anything. You don't have to think about where you're going to eat or what you're going to eat. You don't have to think about when you're going to go to bed um, because you'll crash when you crash. You don't have to worry about if so-and-so brushed their teeth or if you remembered this doctor's appointment or if there's a leak in that room or whatever. You don't have to think about any of that because you're way far, far away and, and it's grand. Um, and then when you walk in that door, it's like, oh, there's a whole nother life here a life that wasn't with me there yeah, and and I don't know how to do this anymore. Um, And that's, and you know, that feeling that you have, Sam, that's why we were building this building um, to give people that, like if you need a place to go between that and the home life where things might implode, come chill for a couple of days, come get your feet under you. Let us kind of help you ease back into not having a day sheet and having to cook for yourself. And
6: yeah, it's, it's, definitely I what I learned from tour is I like schedules and Mm. I like and it's great right and people look at me like I'm crazy because they're like you you work 16 hours a day and I was like yeah but it's fantastic get this Mm -hmm. you don't cook you don't Mm -hmm. do your own laundry you don't Mm -hmm. you have it's the epitome of you have one job right and I love that (laughs) And so then the question I have for all of you, Paul included,
5: is, you know, you guys are used to working these 16-hour days. What can you do outside of that gig that gives your soul life like what Mm. does relaxing look like to you what does a what does a comfortable day of nothing do you even give yourselves permission to say hey it's okay if i play video games for 15 hours today and order takeout for everything because i have just been on the road for three months busting my ass like do any of you have that have you thought about that in your lives please michael the handsome let's do this
0: i yeah baby i love that no i (laughs) i had one Saturday a month that was literally, I'm going to sit on my couch and play Xbox all day and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And if I did that every day, that would be a problem. Yes. Um, but, but that was my one, like, I'm not gonna, it's very easy to just take a call and then all of a sudden you're back in your office mm-hmm. working again, unexpectedly because somebody's at a show and needed help. And so that was like my one day where it's just like, yeah, I'm going to, do six hours of video games today. And it's just a mental reset. My brain just needed some other Mm
1: -hmm.
0: thing to, to worry about, you know, to just not be on audio, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, that's, I still do it's like once a month, it's just a decompressed day. And, and, uh, I did that when I got back from, from tour as well, but yeah, that's just, that's kind of my, uh, part of my routine
4: now. Good um, I heard quite a few things in there that um, Courtney and I have. Uh, I wouldn't work through. Uh, paid attention to. I mean, obviously, doing the clinic, we're always in R and D mode, even with our own lives. So, you know, jumping back to uh, the first time we chatted until now, I've had four massive on the floor, hoodie up,
1: hold tight,
4: leave me alone, don't call anybody, don't tell anybody, this is happening. Um, so you know, back to Chris, like, oh, I'm finally reaching out the roadie clinic. I'm just as guilty, you know. She has rided ridden me on multiple points where it's like you gotta practice what you're preaching. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it's tough because we are go go go, um, good where our shoes are. Um, you know, we can pretty much take on anything. We walk into a blank slate, and by the end of the night at 8 p.m., something's gonna happen, and then. The moment the doors close, you're already thinking about shower, uh, post-show food, uh, catch the bus, you know, hang out with people and have a great time and and mess around to blow off the steam. And, oh, shoot, tomorrow, you know, the docks are split and we got to come in this side. And so, you know, there's that part of being in the tube, which speaks into how Courtney's kind of done it for me forever. She's been my clinic for, you know, all these years because we've had that kind of luxury, which is built... Into what we want to do for Rails because you can't stop. You can't just flick it off and be like, "I got to figure out my prescriptions today," or "Who am I going to talk to in the middle of <laughs> sixteen-hour an load-in?" And what Michael was saying was, is you know, the radio effect. Even when I would nap in my bunk, it's still on. It's still on channel sixteen and 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 low because we are on call twenty-four hours a day. Essentially, we're told when to wake up when to go to the airport, where to eat. And so, yeah, the good side is is everything's planned out. Court would make day sheets when I got home, when we lived in New York city. I mean, literally, because at that point um, she didn't have a a, a traditional day job. So when I got to New York, we're playing. But what that meant was the three days off, we never dove into the, into the worm bucket and pulled everything out and said, I mean, there were many times I'm like leaving the door going, well, we kicked the can down the road again. Uh And it was going to be waiting the moment we cracked the door coming back because of, It took two years to get through the 20 years of backlog to get me to where I am today.
5: I mean, honey, it would hit us as you walked in the car from the airport, remember? I mean, we'd be screaming half the time on the way home.
4: And it was all nothing. That's the funny thing. Remember the fights? You can't remember what it was about. (laughs) It was never anything. Uh, It was never anything huge. Um, But the permission to be selfish is huge because we are serving a bigger cause to us that, that micro universe of 80 people, you know, um, the show every night, um, the artists, you know, we're all putting our 110 in for the artist to be, uh, spectacular. Um, and part of that came out when, um, my good buddy, um, Andrew Fisher, uh, he, he was the last, um, podcast I did. And I literally came on and said, can we just talk about life and music? Um, and we became great friends out of that. And, um, one evening he's like, you know, what is this time period? It was the middle of COVID. I was, it was dark times. It's probably winter up here too, which is great. Cause you can hibernate, <laughs> but it's dark a lot. Um, uh, but you know, he was asking me like, what is it you're preparing for? And I was like, I just want to rest up. So we come back on and he goes, wait a minute, you want to rest up so you can be prepared to go back out. He's like, you didn't take a second for yourself in that sentence. And that's when the tide turned, you know, year two of COVID. And, you know, that's when I started really digging into um, all the things in the past that we had kind of put layers on top and let sit in the silt. Um, well, when but did, did you go back a to, lot of work.
5: When did you go back to therapy?
4: A week ago. Second yeah. one today.
2: Well, and that's – so I mentioned this to Paul. Paul and I talked – was it yesterday or today? Yesterday. On um, Monday. Uh, and And um, – the The analogy that came to mind, right? I told Paul, I like, hey, I'm not in crisis mode. I recognize that. I, I, sh- I you know, everyone says, hey I stuck with therapist.' Um, uh, because while, you know, with having talked about this publicly for the last couple of weeks, and and maybe a little bit of things at home, I'm in a, I'm in an okay place. I'm in a decent headspace now. But I know for a fact that things will return, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And it was the diet mentality, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, you have keto, you have South Beach, you have whatever, and these things work for a moment in time. But if you didn't actually have life-changing experiences that or if you don't have a diet that actually changes your lifestyle – then you don't have long-term things right and so like um there could be a band-aid of like a day off or oh let's talk about this for a little bit cool things are good but like if you haven't made fundamental changes in your life and routine that have will actually perpetuate for years to come months to come that's where i think i'm recognizing that um that's it, also like why i, like, I want to reach out it's like okay wh- what can a therapist do for what 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 does it look like or what does these continual yeah. conversations look like to make long term change not just like and same thing from from a marriage standpoint right like um you know every person who's been in a marriage has uh, or relationship of any sort um has up you know peaks and valleys right and you're good for oh everything's and then the world crashes you know and then you fix things for a little bit, but did you fix things for it to sustain for a long time and so like mm-hmm. that, that's that's where i'm mentally at right now, trying to figure out what that long-term, not just a diet fix looks right.
5: like. And the long-term, what I call it is the toolbox. Um, and it took me a year and a half to complete my toolbox. And my toolbox was based around my anxiety and where it came from, why it was still affecting me, what it was physically doing to me, because our mental health can drastically impact our physical health, right? Mm. Um, and so... I was I was learning all of that, and, and you kind of have to go back in time to see what where does this all triggering from, and and why is this my response and this my reaction, and it's 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 a lot of hard work. It's not something you're going to fix in five therapy sessions. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I recommend to people in those relationships is yeah, you guys need to work on yourselves individually, but then you got to come together as that couple with the professional and really get into those hard conversations. One thing that Paul and I do as well, um, at least once a year, we try to do what we call a Vermont trip. Um, (laughs) About 12 years ago, we almost didn't make it. Uh, It was bad. It was really bad. And we, we dropped everything. We brought no phones, well, outside of for directions. There was no internet. This was out in the woods in Vermont and we had no connectivity. And we just sat there and looked at each other and we're like, well. Do we remember what we <laughs> loved about each other? Do we, yeah. you know? And so yeah. part of that toolbox was real boundaries in our marriage, in our professional lives, in our, you know, friends and relationships. And that seems like a simple concept, but it's a big deal. Um, especially boundaries within your marriage. You know, one of the things that we have right now, do not try to talk to me with a, with a phone in your hand. That is not an option. If you are not looking at me, and not looking at your phone, I'm going to get pissed off, and you have been warned. Um, and I you know, and I think that that's a big struggle with a lot of people in our industry. We're just always connected to something. If it's not a radio, it's a phone. If it's not a phone, it's a computer, or three computers, plus the TV, plus whatever. Um, and so the Vermont experience strips you of all of your comforts, and it leaves you with a table and some chairs and some food. And, and
4: write it down so you can both see it.
5: So we have notebooks full of boundaries from over the years. Um, another one is like, uh, 10 to 6 p 10 a m 6 p m. We can ask whatever questions we want within those hours. But if you try to get inside my head before 10 a m and after 6 p m, <laughs> watch out. Like you've been warned. You know, um, it goes which both is, ways.
4: I definitely love that one too.
5: Yeah. Um, and so that's just it's got to be particular to to your relationship. Um, so one of the other things that I want to point out here, Chris, you were talking about that you know that high that you get when you're at the show and then you come home and. Blech. Can you guys imagine if all day, every day you experienced the emotion, the, that feeling that you have in your 16 hour days every single day? Like, would that not get exhausting? Yeah. At some point, you've got to let your body relax and, and live in your present space, whatever that is, right? You have to try to find what makes you just breathe just relax. And that has to be enough sometimes, you know, and when you can get to that point, your family feels that your partner feels that. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a level playing field. And that is a big of a win as putting a huge show on for a hundred thousand people to me. Um, because that's something that you guys aren't conditioned to do really you're conditioned to crash, crash again, get a little confused, get a little lost, figure it out for a couple of days and then go back on the gig and it doesn't matter. And we'll do it all again. And so it's really learning and therapy will help you that with that too. It's learning the tools to, to convince your brain, to give your brain permission to shut it all down and be happy about, like just enjoy going for a drive and looking at a sunset. That's a beautiful thing that you don't get to see inside of a venue. Um, Enjoy going on that walk. Enjoy a simple trip to Starbucks to get a coffee with somebody that you love. Like it doesn't, Life isn't all about just high, high, high peaks all the time, and then the rest of it sucks because it doesn't feel like that. That's kind of my comments towards You, you need some
0: <laughs> dynamic range. Yes. Yeah. I, say. I, You know what, Courtney, this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Uh, my previous relationship already had pretty severe communication issues. Mm-hmm. And if your relationship has communication, issues, going on tour is like the worst possible worst. fucking thing, right? So, yes. so I'm not gonna, s- then- yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna say that like touring destroyed our relationship because that's not true, but it definitely exacerbated <laughs> problems that had not been dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, so going forward, it's like not making these same mistakes again. You know, obviously, hindsight being what it is, I think a lot of this is about making sure lines of communication are open like sometimes eye-watering honesty is Mm -hmm. the best way to kind of you know if you don't bring that thing up it just grows and grows and grows and then it's a big blow up and so it's like just nip that in the bud and and you know uh a lot about the idea that a relationship takes work it takes effort it takes investment it's just like a, a good mix or any of these projects that we work on and stay up until three in the morning poking at like a relationship requires some investment. Mm -hmm. And that has to be there from both partners. And if you think it's just going to plug and play and then coast, then that's going to explode or it's going to crash and burn. And so it's really, really easy to get the text from your partner and go, I'll answer them in a minute. And then it's fucking six hours later. And you didn't take, (laughs) you know, and it's just like, dude, you didn't have, you didn't have a spare 15 seconds all day to you know to to answer me and so those are the type of things that it's really easy to be like hey i care about you i love you but we don't always show that in our actions and it's just like i didn't have 15 seconds to text you back today you're saying like i don't you're not a priority and maybe that's not intentional but being more mindful of that in general is something that that i'm thinking a lot about now and as i start to kind of lay the groundwork for getting back into a a new relationship that I want to be a more productive relationship and a more mature and functional relationship and not make all the same mistakes. Those are the things that we're talking about a lot, Mm -hmm.
4: you know? And once you start down that road of, um, figuring out the communication style that works while you're on the road, the backside of those boundaries for Courtney and I was, um, unless it was something that would pull me off the gig after about four o'clock, she really kind of on a show day didn't, um, text no or call yeah. or, or, or interfere because she she knew that I was in it and if I got pulled out of it, it really would, would disrupt things. Um, the other one is, is we use the at symbol if one of mm. us is uh, disposed. Now you have to un-at. Don't, <laughs> don't abuse the at symbol, but um, if it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in a serious conversation right now, either pulled into security or production or, you know, uh, something it's a, it's a momentary like pause on Texting, and she'd know that if like she couldn't get a hill with me for ten minutes, it was for a really good reason. And and yeah, it seems small. Meant, and
5: texting the at symbol, if so I she see would text me, that, or I would text. Yeah. The at I say symbol, nothing. Yeah. The other thing to remember is STC. So mm. if it's late at night and I'm like motherfucker, just call me and say good night. I will text him STC. I am sleepy, tired, crabby, which means I'm about to blow. If you do not say good night <laughs> to me now, you're, it's, it's done
4: it's, it's quick. quick it's literally like hey you know sh- whatever we're doing is great we're about to close the trek blah a blah, blah, blah. great honey hope you had a great show good night it, it wasn't a guilt it wasn't uh it was literally just i need you for 30 seconds and that was with all the other boundaries that was the one that allowed um the stoppage and walk away and like look at your second or your whoever's next to you and go hey i, I need 30 seconds to go do this yeah uh-huh. um so it was all those kind of interactions playing correctly, lobbing the volleyball back and forth, and it was nice to have kind of that power, you know. Like well, it, as much as you boundarize um, <laughs> the rest weird? of the it is now. Yes, boundarize. <laughs> Hashtag NFT. Um, <laughs> did I touch a sore subject on the uh, S and uh, noise? <laughs> But you, uh, know what, it was- you
0: know what else, Paul? That, that made me think of that. Like I, I'm obviously, we're all speaking in the in the context of a yeah. marriage or a committed right. relationship, but a lot of these things apply to friendships. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, my I talked about it before. We've had her on the show. You know, Taylor, my buddy from the last tour. One of the things that we talked a lot about, you know, she we would get on the bus at, at 1:30 a.m. If, and she would be hair hair drying her hair in the back lounge, and we'd be. She called it girl time, like we'd be yeah. talking but loudly, right, because of the hairdryer. But one thing that she got really good at that I talked to her a lot about was advocate for yourself. And by mm-hmm. the end of the tour, she would send me a text and be like, hey, I need to talk. Mm-hmm. And if she was just grumpy about something or somebody had said something to her that upset her or whatever. And she started being proactive about sending me a text or sending another friend a text when she just needed some company or needed to talk. And I was right. like, dude, I'm proud of you for that. Cause that's yeah. not easy. You know? And so, so <laughs> she won't be too upset with me that I'm sharing that, but like, <laughs> I saw that growth and I was like, that's the kind of stuff that like, so this, you can build these things with, with a lot of people who are important to you. It doesn't have yeah. to be necessarily a significant other. Oh yeah. yeah absolutely
2: go ahead kyle looks like you're
3: jumping oh, jump i i i want to talk more about the growth so yeah. obviously it's been two years since we have been on the podcast both i and chris have reached out to you guys probably saved both of our lives in one way or another um what your your goal right now i mean obviously we've been talking about ourselves and each other and our partners and stuff like that but the thrill of victory. Let's talk about the thrill of victory because it's coming. You guys are not sleeping in a tent no more. No, no. <laughs> you have a building. You have people. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you guys have people.
5: We have so many people. There's some you guys
4: serious firepower that has come along, and this is what this is one of my themes. When we started, and I'm going to call it out when we navigated Dude. into the industry. Silence, radio silence. Minus, let's say it, Sennheiser, Earthworks.
5: Pro Sound
4: Web. <laughs> Pro Sound Web, obviously. I mean I had I ultimate. was with Keith which, which, two which, nights which is ago. also us, which is also yes. us. Which is also you. <laughs> well, and that was a big part of it, was this Wait,
5: wait. Sorry. Ultimate, ultimate ultimate ears. ears round rack technology. Hope for the day. Hope now the you day. can go.
4: <laughs> so and what this represents is there was silence. We went to as many people in my Rolodex saying, Hey, and bad on us if we didn't communicate it properly in the beginning, but you can't turn your head now. So after that happened, my entire mentality went to, we need fans of roadies. And here we go. We found, you missed one, Mako Medical. It all started with them wanting to pitch us a fix for getting people into venues quicker during COVID. Awesome. Putting in energy into the industry all for it. As we got to talk about it, now the owner, Steve, will send us texts and videos from shows and donate every holiday. And it's like that's a fan of a roadie. So when our, when we can't take care of ourselves, now we have a circle outside of us looking after us, and that speaks to me more than just us. Like, hey, we're doing this. Who wants to get involved? But the people who have jumped in and donated their time to us weekly, monthly, you know, after now a year and a half into certain a certain group that's been meeting aren't people in our industry for the most part. And they have sympathy towards what we do.
5: So to speak to that, when we first started, our board consisted of five roadies and a therapist and an uh, educator. Um, and we didn't know anything about board of directors. We didn't know how, what they're supposed to do, whatever. And so we started to learn more and more and more. And so in this last year, we've completely restructured how we're organized. And because of that, we've been able to bring in some heavy hitters. So it's kind of like a triangle, right? We're at the top, it's me and Paul, but that's just the beginning. Underneath that, we have our board of directors, some lovely people. It's very, very small, just three people. Paul is one of those, and he is um, representing what we call our industry advisory council that's where all the roadies from the board went to. And then we brought in other roadies. And really, if you wanna participate in this, they meet once a month and it's really just, hey, we want your eyes on the industry and you guys tell us what you're seeing and you guys tell us what's needed. You are our eyes on the industry. So that's the industry referral council. We have our staff. We, we've got um, a couple of interns. We've got somebody who does our social media for us, our people. accountant, our, our creative director, people, right? But then the people that I really want you to know about are our trusted advisors. One of them is a man named Chad who, in his former life just six months ago, was a hospital CEO for many, many years. So wow. this man over COVID was in charge of a million people's healthcare. He was in charge of five hospitals. Um And two years into COVID, he decided it was time for him to step down. And Chad started telling people that what he was going to do was work for us full time and somebody else. Um, And we, you know, ha ha, sure, whatever. We'd be so lucky. But he really stepped up and Chad became our constant advisor. And the way this man's mind works on a business scale, on a networking scale, on a communication level. On a
4: humanity scale. On a
5: humanity level. He, we don't deserve him.
4: The gentleman wrote a newsletter every day up until two years into the pandemic that went out to his staff. Once he met us in a street in downtown Niles while we were doing a concert for 300, helped me lift cases and was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. I said, well, all this stuff has to go away. And it's literally an avids SC 2048 and some speakers on sticks and a little high school band playing out in the street. We wanted to be a part of the community. So here we go. Let's throw a party. And from that day, he has been alongside of us the entire time. So he's educating
5: us. He's educating us on best business practices, on how to structure your, on how to be successful, right? Because we want this to be a generational organization. We don't want to just show up and fail because we don't know how to run a major organization like this so chad has Mm -hmm. been huge um and you know he gets it because his brother-in-law's been a professional musician forever and so he only ever saw that side and so when he got to see our side he's like oh and he kind of compares it to his nurses and his support Mm -hmm. staff at the hospital so that's how he looks
4: at a tour we've sat and talked about the weak points of tours in the same way that he was like why are nurses changing bedpans that's upside down in the process and there's been many aha moments where he's like, wait, this doesn't exist in your industry. And it's like, no, it does not yet.
5: Um, so there's Chad. There's Steph Miller. Steph mm. is the VP of the Minnesota Film Board. She works in film, but she kind of she understands our world because she just does it in the film side of things and not the not the touring side. And her um, son
4: went through a lot of things roadie kids through with mom being gone on shoots. Like, and Clay is one of our copywriters. Her son mm-hmm. Clay writes for us because Steph brought him along. Brilliant person. Has found Courtney's voice. Nails it every time. But when we have meetings, I've gotten teary-eyed a few times when Steph starts talking about being gone from her family and how it relates. And then, and then, Clay comes and says, "Yeah, it's many nights of just me making my own dinner, and you know, as a teenager, uh, and such." And nothing against anybody doing this—we have to do, what we have to do. But where the, where the gaps are, we want to fill that in. Yeah.
5: Um, so. And then the last person in that team is Sean. And Sean was a bank CEO in San Francisco when he was 30 years old. He since went into marketing and advertising and everything else. He was responsible for starting the bank at Target, which is kind of mm-hmm. mind-blowing. Um, anyways, and then we do have a couple of other industry people, our creative director, and these people have met with us every single Friday for a year. And what they do is they build strategy for us. So they come up with concepts and with ideas, and they, you know, and we go down those roads um, for investor pitches for um, potential concepts for building an ecosystem here. Um, and they've also really helped me. Um, I've totally rebuilt our website. That's going to get launched hopefully by the end of this month. And it's night and day from what you see today. Under their
4: watchful eye, under every their, step. yeah every, every step, every minuscule detail that how the clinic would function if we're open today has been washed and belabored upon. So on the outside, yeah, you can check in our Instagram. It's a little bubbly. We like keeping it light. We throw out things that can help people. Mostly, it's to say that we're open. We're open without being open. Um, but where it's headed, when it hits that that mass moment of opening physically, you're going to see all of this groundwork of two years. It just doesn't happen overnight. This industry's about fifty-two to five years old. The first time you know Gene Claire threw horns in the back of a panel van and followed the Four Seasons around. I mean, we're not that old in an industry, but yet the You have to love it to go do it and walk out the front door. You have to love it intensely and immensely. And you found a place that's safe enough to be with other people who have that same thing. You know, it's like we're cowboys or oil derrick workers. I mean, there's not many other professions where someone like Sam finds herself in Europe twice in a month. And, you know, unless you're in the airline business. So it's just been great to have those humans speak so hard into something because they care as well.
5: So the momentum is huge, you guys. Is what we're trying to say. I think we're closer now than we've ever been to being fully funded, um, and that's really the big thing. You know, last the first year was awareness. The second year is building this network and, and learning about all these people and finding our people and finding the people that wanted to give into us. And this year, it's really it's focused. Machine. It's really focused on <laughs> on fundraising and strategy. Like, how do we get the funds in, and, and what is the strategy behind that to make sure that it grows with us? And we've I've got the right Yes. Yes. Give me I've some, it, give me some, some drug cartel money. I'll take it.
3: <laughs> you, you guys are, are changing lives and that has to feel Thank good. You. It really does. Um, it, every when, time
4: you get down and the phone rings that next time and you know, you hate to like bank on tragedy, but you feel good when someone actually steps through the portal of reaching out.
3: It's a hard step. Everything's hard, mm-hmm. man. That's you know?
0: the, that's the hardest. That's the hardest step. Is saying yeah, I need help. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like with your life or with a freaking mixing console, like yep. just you know deciding to sure. swallow your pride a little bit is yeah. that's the hardest part. For my sure. favorite. I mean,
5: my favorite thing to say is I don't know. I'm coming. to I don't know. I, I need something. I don't know. Help me. I'll figure it out. Yeah.
3: I mean that it goes back to what you guys were first talking about: being able to shut it down for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it's between both of you or your your business, like you're always preparing for the next thing yeah. um and that's that's i'm going to take that away from this podcast i'll I'll mm-hmm. listen to it again twice because mm-hmm. between the diet and being able to shut mm. it down and not plan this thing out you know oh after i get done here i'm gonna go to sleep real early because i have to be up 7 a.m to chalk like yeah. i i do that at home mm-hmm. i need to shut that to shit down yeah. like w- i I feel like I always have to be serving someone at this point. So I'm going to take that away from this. Like, uh, I've learned so much in two years. COVID really did a number on everybody mentally. It really did. And um, when I got hooked up with you and and I got a (laughs) t-shirt, I told you I I can't wear it enough because I want to wear it on load-in. I want to wear it on show day. (laughs) I want to wear it to the airport. Like, There's nothing more I'm prouder than is being the roadie clinic because you're right. People are starting to notice us. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that the artist isn't the thing that they're going to see, but a lot more people are taking interest in the people walking around in the black shirts. Like they don't mm-hmm. think we're hairdressers anymore, or whatever yeah. the case may be. Like um, maybe they do, <laughs> but it, it, it's so awesome to hear that fans of us are helping, and mm-hmm. and that's encouraging because. Yeah. 55 years holy cow like that is a young industry but finally people are recognized as not even just for roadies that we're actual humans and we do a really weird job yeah. and mm-hmm. um it's <laughs> it, it's it's a thing like i i tell the story every time i had to explain to my parents over and over that i wasn't a carny and that this was a real yeah. job you
1: know, and, and that did,
4: was a bunch of stigma that I fought. You know, I, so I talk about cauterizing parts of life, like birthdays, anniversaries. Yeah. Leaving sucked. I had not the right words ever to leave my parents' house or friends, or and you're like, see you, late, see you soon, see you when the wind blows the right direction. <laughs> I mean, that was my biggest thing to dig through was a, a pile of guilt for not being around.
3: Yeah, man. And it's like I how dig do you explain that. I dig that? through it every day.
4: Yeah,
3: you know, yeah. and and that's being a dad and a significant other. And that's being that service person that you can't shut off
1: Mm -hmm.
3: because if someone drops a spoon, you want to be there to pick it up. That's Mm -hmm. how simple it is. And those are are the arguments that start because you can't Mm -hmm. fucking shut that off. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's so insignificant that you drop that spoon, but I I feel way better that I'm here and do it. But then it causes an argument because I can't shut the fuck down.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: The, the other analogy uh, I said this to Paul the other day that I likened like the um, the diet thing was another reason why I wanted to reach out is that you know you know my wife and I have had struggles through the years or whatever right we've always said hey we need to do therapy we need to do whatever um, and we still have yet to do that and and, and I'm hoping through this as part of that but what I recognize is that I it's like the airplane mentality of like Mm -hmm. the whole oxygen mask thing like it you know and the instruction is put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then help the person next to you because if you don't put the oxygen mask on yourself you can't help the kid the child or whatever next to you and so that's what i've recognized for myself right now is that while i know that my wife and i need help and other things if i don't put that oxygen mask on myself right now i won't be able to get to the point where we're both wearing oxygen masks and working mm. together to get there so that's that was the other jumping off point for me to be like hey um and not in a it's it it's very easy to write that off in a selfish manner like oh i'm gonna take care of me first mm. you know uh, but I, that's why i like the analogy of uh, you know, it may sound cliche, but that's, that's what resonates most of my head of why I need to do what
3: I'm and, trying to do right and now. And here's the other part of the analogy, Chris. How many times do you hear, put it on yourself first? How many times do you we hear, did. you need to put it on yourself first? That's the bummer because in the airplane when we're sitting there and they're doing the presentation, we're all looking at our phone or doing something else. So here's, here's my proposal. One, I want to do a clinic and signal to noise podcast t-shirt collab with you dudes Absolutely. and i've been saying on about every podcast ever one because <laughs> i want to keep getting this stuff out there however we can mm. two i if you guys Call ever do a close yeah a book. that too if you guys ever do a book with all these little boundaries that you've written mm. down I want to narrate it, because Michael's going to let me narrate his (laughs) book, supposedly. He's right. Yes!
0: Kyle's going to have a second career as as an audiobook narrator, I guess. (laughs)
5: Kyle, honey! Kyle, you are... You can be the official clinic voice for all... And that voice is... mm,
0: That's doing
5: doing things to me. I just want you to know.
1: Thank you. Hey,
0: Michael's mom likes... Yeah, I was going to say, my mom's not going to know what to do with that one. Michael's mom (laughs) likes my
2: voice. The Rody Clinic likes Kyle's voice. It's all good.
3: And I'm going to go ahead and say, I just probably had one of the worst moments ever on a podcast recording it and you know what i i heard things that i needed to hear and that's what i take away from chris is like putting your mask on first how many times have you been told that and all of a sudden tragedy strikes and you're trying to help everybody else yeah and and you're just going to pass out like
4: we're all troubleshooting fixers that's all we do all day long that's all we do problems that aren't normal in a space that isn't normal and we figure it out every time
3: So narration, T-shirt, boom.
4: Yes. Done.
5: And Chris, I I have to say, because I'm the roadie clinic, when it comes to your wife, if she needs help finding that mask for herself, you connect us immediately. And that goes for all of you and all of your partners. Paul can relate to the roadie side, and I've got that partner side locked down. And I need you all to hear that you are the most important person to yourself in the world. And if you are not healthy, and if you cannot... Breathe and you cannot find joy in the little things. You got to take a step back and, and take a look at yourself because life is full of amazing, wonderful, good things, you know. And we get so worked up about whatever that we aren't able to see it, we aren't able to see all the goodness that we've got going for us. Um, so yeah, make sure that your wife like, I, I know she's going to listen to this, and so I just want you to know I am here for you and I always will be. Um, And uh, another little gem I learned the other day was Q-tip. Quit quit taking it personally. Um, That's another thing I just wanna drop in here before we we leave, because that is huge, right? Like I can take Paul's exhaustion and his lack of interest in me, and I can twist that and make it so personal to myself that I immediately jump on him and we just get into a fight, right? Because I'm taking nothing personally. Um, I'm taking like a simple, he's exhausted. That's all there is to it. Um, So anyways, remember that Q-tip, quit taking it personally. And yes, that air mask is real. We all need to figure out how to find our own, put it on, get our health straight so that we can love others better.
3: Man. You guys rule. Thanks, <laughs> Kyle.
5: <laughs> we've, we've been through it, man. We just want to share the goodness. So.
4: Mostly because I, you know, we know the hearts of any person who packs a bag, crosses the threshold, and leaves comfort behind. Like you're not going to find. Okay, there'll be a small percentage of people in your entire career that won't be necessarily great at that time period. But I will say, and this helps you let things roll off your back is I've had a lot of closure stories over the past six years. There's been a lot of things that you kind of go, that was weird and I don't know how to unpack it. And then, you know, five to six years later there, it comes back around. And part of that is, is, you know, when Corey and I were first dating, Mm -hmm. um, there's a situation where she was between two people, myself and another uh, person in a trust situation. I literally said to her, I know my truth. When you figure out yours, I'll still be here. Mm -hmm. And that goes into that Q-tip. You can't take the other person's feelings and wear them. If it's a, I'm talking about situations where there's, there's conflict or not seeing eye to eye or, People who have been taken advantage of by someone else on a tour, because there are power issues and politics and games that are played, and I wouldn't bring that up except for the phone keeps ringing about it, and that it's tough. It's really tough to be in it and to try to be the lifeguard at the same time. It really wears me down because I can't talk about what the calls are because of confidentiality that come to us, and then it starts to stack up into you know, a pile of data points that we see and hear and have to then deal with and help out with. And the joy in the job that we do in the clinic is meeting that person one-on-one. If the victim, if sorry, if the aggressor were to come to us as a roadie and say, hey, I've been down this road, I don't like who I've turned into, I'm gonna meet that person equally as the person that came to us first. On the other side of it needing the help it, it, it i i can't play we can't play we're not cops we're not judges, We're not juries we literally started this as opening our doors to our table for roadies to come in when they're on the road to make them a home-cooked meal we have a yellow table that used to be our dining room table in new york and and nashville it's now our living room table we do puzzles on it which is kind of lovely it's beat up i've clear-coated a few times but there's been literally You know, 500 roadies who have sat there and told us the stories before even this logo was invented. So that's the lineage going into it. And now that we are, you know, very much face forward in this and get the calls, you know, it's hard to go back into the industry and be all great about it. You know, all of us have our little data points of bad things that happen. And I just long for a day when our phone stops ringing. And it was not going to be for a while. (laughs) And then...
3: More people.
2: Well, so I'm very curious, and this is probably something you're dealing with. All right, so you already have a certain level of whatever issues, I call it, you have, right? Whether between you and Courtney and you personally, whatever that you're doing. You are now carrying a burden... I don't mean people are a burden to you, yes. but none- and nonetheless, it is a mental burden to work through people's struggles and problems. You know, um, what is that like? And <laughs> how are you taking care of that? Or, are? I mean, I'm sure it's probably be working on. I just. Systems.
4: I- Systems. Literally the same way you do an order and prep the rig and put it in a semi and take it out. We've applied that. The very first year I would jump up and down about, if the phone rings, what are we doing in this case, this case, this case, this case, this case? And that's the roadie side of me. And Courtney's always like, wait a minute, slow down. Let's we're getting there. It's fine. It's in the works. But literally I want to be ready for the phone to ring and someone says, Our tour bus just went into a ditch and we need help now to care for the human beings, not you know, physically, but yeah, I mean, now yeah. mentally, or f- reaching out to the family. Like those are the things that I look down the road to to be prepared for.
5: So... Listen, Chris, the, the answer is pretty simple. It's the boundaries that we've set for ourselves. I'm going to go right back to it. Yeah. Um, I I intentionally, every single night, quit the roadie clinic. At 6 p.m., I say, oh, this doesn't exist anymore. I'm going to burn it to the ground. Um, six, seven o'clock at night, right? And and I have learned how to compartmentalize these, these different scenarios. And so, yes, it tugs at my heart in the moment when I'm having the conversations. But then there's always next steps, and we have to get the – You have to get the ball going down the road. And so that's getting the network Activated. That's getting the correct resources. That's finding the right humans to connect them to. Um, and I've. And it took me a long time. I used to wear how, this. How
2: how if you had advice on how to shut your brain down? Because I know for yeah. for me that's an issue I have. I talked to Paul. Right. Like I mean, like between wanting to do how we got loud and signals and noise and yep. work and all these things, like yep. my brain doesn't shut down. So right. and I know that's not a. Oh, here's the three easy steps how to do. But no. like what what yeah. how do you, how do you do that?
5: You know, it was a, it was a process. And it and it started with um, the, the hardest thing for me was getting those voices in my head and those scenarios that I would just keep replaying over and over again. I could never get that to stop. And the first thing that really helped me was to put myself in, in the other shoes. So if somebody was coming to me and saying, oh, oh, my gosh, I am so exhausted and I'm so worn out and I don't know what to do. What am I going to tell them? I'm going to say, you need a break, hun. You need to shut your laptop, turn off your phone. And, and go to the movies or go do this. Or, that's what I would tell somebody. So why am I not attempting to do that mm. myself?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: and that was, and so then I would be able to take that conversation and be like, oh, right. Okay, so now, and I would have to sometimes speak it out loud, sometimes look at the mirror. Sometimes I go to Paul and I say, I need permission to stop. Give my brain permission to stop and, and validate that. I need that validation sometimes. Mm. And so sometimes that means Paul has to jump on a cough and say, Courtney, look what you've done. da, 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 da. da, da. You're good. You've made your paycheck for the day. It's time to rest. And that could be at two o'clock in the afternoon if I've had a rough Mm -hmm. few meetings. Um, You know, we've been ingrained as a culture that there's like this nine to five work day. And and not for us in touring, of course, that's an 18 hour day, but like you have to be working and you have to be occupied. And, And those hours of the day, if you are not you know, contributing to the bottom line of our U S economy, then you are failing. Um, and, and that's, that's not real. You know, if you can get your work done in X amount of time, get it done and call it good. Do you have, and and, you know, another thing that we had to look at too, was sometimes too much is too much. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we started limiting meetings and we would only take meetings on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So that way my mind knew that on Mondays and Fridays, if I had a rough weekend or we were going into a big something or other, I could at least settle myself enough because I'm an introvert, right? So getting on the phone sometimes is hard for me. Um, I have generalized anxiety disorder. I could be mid panic attack when somebody needs me. Paul's bipolar. That's a whole nother barrel of laughs. Um, So yeah, there was the permission element there was, there was the boundary of setting specific hours. There was saying no to a lot of things. We had to learn how to say no and to not feel guilty for saying no. You know, it's okay to put a podcast to rest for a few months. Yeah, it's a great thing and you love it, right? But it's okay for a few months. It's not going anywhere. Mm. And that's what you have to. And so the, another thing that I learned in therapy was truly, and it sounds so simple, what's the worst that could happen? Start playing those scenarios. If I don't work for the rest of the day, what's the worst that's going to happen? A couple of emails will sit in the inbox and they'll have to wait 24 hours to hear from me. Well, how many times are we sitting here on the other end waiting 24 hours, waiting two weeks for somebody to respond to an email? So what is it telling us that we have to get back immediately? Mm -hmm. What is it that's telling us that we have to respond to that text immediately? And my favorite thing that I learned how to use was the do not disturb button on my phone. Um, and the silence feature, right? So if there were people or organizations that would call me, they would immediately set me into a panic. I silenced them. I'd get to them eventually. It might be 20 minutes later. It might be 20 days later. I'll get there. But in my time, when I'm ready, when I'm okay, I started learning that me and my health are more important than their feelings, their wants, their needs, um, And that's, and that has strengthened my inner core to be able to be confident every day um, to know, I know, I know what, how much I can handle. I know that if I've got one too many meetings, I'm going to, I'm going to crash that night and that's not going to be good for us. Um, It's a very intentional daily thing. It's something that I've had to practice for a long time. And that mentality, when I tell you I quit every single day at six o'clock, I mean, like I am handing in my letter of resignation, screw this. I'm all done. I'm, I'm, I'm shutting it down. And I, and I throw my phone away and I, and I don't look at it. And, and, and then I had to start learning. Okay, well now what do I do now? I'm twitching (laughs) that, you know? And so you have to start kind of learning what, what's good for your soul. And for us, it's the simple task of doing a puzzle. A one thousand piece puzzle on my kitchen table. and what that does is it keeps my hands busy like my phone would like my computer would right It keeps my hands occupied, but it keeps my brain free mm. and and within 20 30 minutes of us puzzling across the table from each other, we're getting into it's conversations where yeah. we're we're unloading, we're processing where all the other
4: apps are getting deleted in our heads slowly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't got to look at my calendar app in my head. You know, this is not, I'm talking like in your head that the, the things start getting flung out, you know, the music's on, the puzzles happening, whatever that may look like. And the conversation gets really real at that point. Yeah.
3: I'm, I'm sorry, but I want to look into your notebooks. I need more of your notebooks in my life. I really do. I'm dead serious. Like I've, I talked to Paul once, twice a month. If it's bad once, twice a week, like, the things I hear from you guys help so much, but it's it keeps reverting back to that thing. If I don't apply these things, yeah. and you have to apply them correctly, like, that's what I learned over COVID because mm. I did shut it down because I shut myself down. And that was a bad idea.
4: Yeah. <laughs> that but you may have idea. needed that at that time. I, I did. I shut and myself and down, complete, like push the power button, no yeah. lights on. And I didn't know that I needed the time, but that's exactly what I needed. Nobody was
3: home. Nobody was home Nobody and it was, home. was just bad. And the the three things that helped me, physical, well, it's four. Physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's the four things that you need to work in balance to mm-hmm. make everything kind of fire at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And and the whole rewiring thing, I got mm-hmm. the physical thing down because I like to beat myself up. That yeah. That's me. I like yeah. to beat myself up. Like... Mm-hmm if i can't destroy myself i'm going to try again tomorrow and that's awesome (laughs) the intellectual and the emotional and the spiritual have to be as good as that one you know what i mean and that's putting all that stuff together is just it's a difficult task and having someone like you guys to give you these key words and key elements Mm. that stand out are they're invaluable because Mm a lot of the things you said you can't put out on a joe rogan podcast because they don't understand what we do you know right maybe, maybe the people that set up all their gear and run the studio while they're not there they'll be like holy cow you got to check out these dudes but <laughs> um brought to you about alpha brain uh, but uh, so i would gross. i would love to have some of these quotes like hit something mm. that i mean I need them for myself man Like, and and here's the thing that happens over COVID is you start searching for these things Mm -hmm. you go down the wormhole into what's wrong I need to fix this stuff and it's so much better when it comes from one source like a trusted Mm -hmm. source Mm -hmm. it's like watching your horoscope on YouTube you know what I mean (laughs) like you find one that they like what they say one month and you're like yeah they're totally right all the time I'm gonna watch that one (laughs) yeah
5: (laughs) Well, we're working on getting all that out, and you know, we're working on. We have several series on our on our socials, and yes. we, we touch on a lot of those things, and, and we'll do more. And maybe there will, maybe we'll make it into a book someday. Who knows? But anytime you need to see our notebooks, you just ask because I handwrite everything like an old old person. That I well, you're older than me, so I'm not that old. Whoa! But, oh, oh, hey, yo, there high, oh, there it is. There it is. Thank you. But Chris, <laughs> okay. listen. vintage 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 Vintage. Vintage. i just want you to hear that it's going to be a process but you have to take it one process at a time and you have to celebrate the victories you have to celebrate Mm. every little thing that you accomplish if for 30 minutes you can turn off your phone you can celebrate that because you've never done that before if you can say you know what no no podcast tonight and i'm gonna instead hang out with my wife and kids that's a win That's something that you wouldn't have done in the past. You celebrate that. Acknowledge those small changes because if you acknowledge them and people in your lives can acknowledge them, Mm -hmm. it's going to continue. And that's going to become the lifestyle change as opposed to the Mm. diet, right? You got
3: to get through it not feeling guilty, too. Like we were talking about feeling guilty. You got to do the thing, commit to it, and not feel guilty afterwards. There's Mm -hmm. a process. That's what I'm saying. Like, I need an outline. (laughs) I Mm. I need something in print. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah. back to one of the ones Kyle said and this came up today in therapy as well um, um, can we say her name Courtney is it?
5: I don't know who you're talking about your therapist
4: yeah
5: her name is Kim
4: I know but I, I don't know where we we're at with you uh, can call her so.
5: Kim there's about a million so. Kims
4: oh I know that girl <laughs> yes
5: so- <laughs> you could call her Sally nobody would know Listen.
4: I, as you can see in a relationship, I divert to Cordy for all things, legal, technical, uh, you know, but, but <laughs> it's her baby. It's definitely her, her baby when it comes down to, uh, protecting the brand. And, um, but today, one of the things Kim was, is like spiritual can be anything. Mm-hmm. anything. It, it doesn't need to be what's prescribed to you at birth. It doesn't need to be, you know, what you grew up with. It, it just needs to be, I mean, I talk about the gig guys all the time that brought Sam and Michael, it brought us together. You, like who? and then you got to look at that was supposed to happen like seeing michael in the field mentoring people was can't brought it together i heard keith talking about this you're the mentorship program program for Signal noise for you know six months around the the round table over at his house where we meet and discuss everything that's going on in the world with, of audio and everything jeez everything else as well
5: <laughs> welcome to my life <laughs> Everything person, gets so spilled knockers, and pushed
4: up. Home audience, I keep slapping my laptop and it spins the video. So, um, but um, you know, hearing from Keith how like there's this mentorship program, and I'm definitely a hands-on learner in the in the field. So to see it in person connected to me to all now all the pictures I see of like oh this person's out this person's out and that is huge because what mentoring does is gives that new person that first toolbox of not just here's how it goes up here's how it hangs here's how it tunes here's the in and outs of these. Well, this is an L8. How does that work? What it also gives them is a level of the other boundaries to look to. And please, as anybody who teaches anybody, pass along all of the human nuggets you've learned as well. Good, better, otherwise, because you have a tried and true five more years, 10 more years than someone else. And then what that does is when that mentee gets into a sticky situation, at least they have five or six core pillars to stand on, whether that's feeling, you know, taking advantage, or you've now taken on three or four jobs, so how to go to back to management and ask for more money. Um, you know, this person said something on the deck, and I don't really feel good about what they said. Who do I go to? Who do I trust? You know, it's, it's, it's like you have to be prepared walking into it before you get there so you know how to at least... Have thirty seconds to step back and survey the situation before you're already pulled behind the boat. Um, so there you yeah. <laughs> So
2: we're we're running against the proverbial <laughs> clock, but this is all needed. I'm curious. All right, we'll maybe close that with this, um, Paul and Courtney. Oh, um, maybe. Maybe I'm sure we, we we obviously talk for hours. Sure, sure. Part two. Um,
5: we'll get to it in two more years.
1: Uh, yeah. No, hopefully per- sooner.
5: No, so way, way sooner than that. Way
2: uh, what have you two learned most about yourself mm. th- in the past two years through doing all
4: of this? I don't need permission anymore.
5: Good
4: to know. Damn player.
3: <laughs>
5: Um,
4: My entire job is waiting on someone saying yes or no, it's good. Or watching their face to tell me that. Or whatever voodoo right. anybody believes in that they think that that's what the artist needs in their ears or what have
5: you. Yeah, that's really, you've stopped caring about what the gig people think. And you've started caring more about the humans behind the gig with you. That's been your focus, Martin. It's been beautiful to see. So I support yeah. that statement. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's he, he's got the gig down guys he's been running sound for 30 years now since he was eight okay so if you're his 43 is he started as, his beard is beautiful you know for me, I've had gigs here there and everywhere um, I've worked for a pro audio company I've, I've done it all but I never felt like I um, had a place really in this industry like I had a voice that mattered. Yeah. And I think that that's what I've learned. I've found a confidence that I've never had before. Um, and I, as a gift, it's not something that I say with vanity. It's like, oh, my experience matters. I think I've been waiting to be 41 since I was 18 years old. I've been yeah. waiting to be a grown-up. And I finally yeah. found my grown-up shoes. And, um, you know, I finally have the experience that I've needed to speak into others. And and that's all I've been doing my whole life is taking care of people Um and, and and this I get to do it on a grander scale mm-hmm. um, and I get to kind of organize this industry into a, something that works for our community um, and to just be confident in those skills and those capabilities and to not be a little mouse anymore. I mean, not that I ever really was. I mean, I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm something to behold, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, just ask Paul, it takes a special man to live with me for that long. Um, but I, I found a, I found a peace that I've never had before mm. and I found purpose and I found my true calling in this, in this life that I didn't know that I'd ever find. And it's not selling audio and it's not just touring and supporting so-and-so to help them with their wardrobe or to put you two on top of their. other None of that matters. What matters is the people behind it, and I've and I figured that out. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. Like I've never been Get so it. motivated in my life.
3: <laughs> Get it.
5: it. So watch out, here we come.
3: You're already here. <laughs> Two years follow <laughs> yeah.
5: up.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you, thank too. you guys this is awesome. so much.
5: Thanks for having us again. We'll, Sorry uh, it took so long. We'll...
2: No, it's. No, we'll we'll definitely need to continue on. We'll I I want to keep digging into this work life balance, the burnout. That yeah. I mean, I I, I I've been racking in my brain. I I, th- I think I want to do a zoom for our community where we we've done like these like post uh, like 50th and 100th episode like hangouts and things like that i really think the next step for this is now to do a zoom for those Mm -hmm. who want to come and have a you know just have a gathering of just people talking about their experience i think i think that's the next trajectory of this conversation so i'm kind of just speaking that into existence right now
0: (laughs) and Uh, by the way our our Discord server has seven hundred plus people in it, and it has voice chat, and video chat, and so at any time anybody can pop in and, and say hello. Yeah, for and, sure, yeah, yeah. No,
2: it's so. yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, we for those who who haven't. Beat this dead horse enough. Yes, our Discord, we we talk about these things on a daily basis in there. So mm-hmm. please come over. and i uh, you know, obviously our Facebook group is great as well, but the Discord has a slightly different um, you know mm-hmm. dynamic uh, touch to it. Yeah,
4: yeah. I would you know, can we do a brody clinic channel on the Discord? People can drop in yeah questions oh. comments uh needs yes. hey here's my phone number
2: call me <laughs> yes absolutely yeah, yeah i'll, I'll, I'll set up i'll set up a channel Great. and then i'll make sure you guys get invites into there and then Perfect. absolutely that would be love it. so um yeah yeah <laughs> Yo,
6: i'm just gonna like course. be there constantly in case anyone yeah
4: i, I love cannot you guys, wait you to guys share are really awesome. with you guys i really can't wait for you guys to come here in person that's going to be the, the win
3: you know what I yes. have in the back of my head though is if I'm going to Niles, there's something really wrong with me, and I don't want to have to think that way. So no, this is also
4: for fun. Let's share a win, Courtney. Let's share a win. So, so yes, we always we, we right now, COVID. We're all looped. You know, the, the Brody economy is down, um, coming back. But um, yeah, once well, I, I will the the Niles isn't just going to be. Holy crap! I got to re- replace the engine. You know, it's going to be a point where we get so honed that it's part of the routine, right. um, and and not, and then once someone comes here and experiences here, then they can take that with them oh. back home. And you know, the, it's like you can tap into it.
3: And the learning on its own, yeah. as a prenup to the whole downfall of your thing, yeah. is needed so bad, mm-hmm. like we we got to quit putting band-aids on things afterwards like if we go into things a little bit more clearer on Mm -hmm. what's going to happen because we've been doing that for two years now is telling people what's going to happen when you get on the bus what's going to (laughs) happen and our our show has gotten more emotional on those topics and more heated and more like it, it it's connecting people so like yeah the education will make it happier. I just don't want to have to come to Niles because fucking Kyle lost everything and no, Kyle, you're is- gonna come to
5: Niles so that we can take you on a tour of all the vineyards and the orchards Ooh. and then we're gonna well, go we gotta, to Lake we gotta Michigan. We're
4: gonna hang out with Keith as Keith well. Keith will be yeah. we're Ke- hang out with Listen, Keith. Keith comes when anybody swings through because of what we're doing. Keith is the first person mm-hmm. through the door. Welcome, like, wagon. I wanna meet them. I need to talk to them. And reality is is once we're open, our place will be able to hold thirteen which and, means a bus pops off the South Bend exit and goes five miles, and you're at our front door, and we have short power in the city. And,
5: P.S., we're also building a studio over here, and we also are working on a theater down there, and we're working on, we're working on, we're working on. So there's going to be more here than just come when you're in crisis. It's come and learn, come and rest. Uh-huh. Bring your family here, and let's hang out, and let's have a good time. Let's remind you what it feels like to laugh again. That kind of so, stuff. So come. Up, probably a
3: water slide would be cool as well. Sure, and, sure. Off
4: so our biggest win the happy big big win go go raw is we backed um tom wood to do an iron man and he reached out specifically yeah, to so us because he wanted he wanted it. to have um you know a, a charity behind it that supported roadies to bring awareness and we jumped right in and like you know helped him out with some of the entry fee and got him a tri suit with the roadie clinic and he represented us to the nth degree at every level and i'll tell you what that roadie made everybody else look really sad <laughs> i mean he and at, afterwards he's so he finished
5: hey listen they're an, trying to shut us down i know over time this
4: is fine. this is the benediction this is the benediction so <laughs> Pre- he he swam in the dark all the way like farther than we could see from the bridge we were standing on and came back and got out and was smiling like hey everybody how's it going Got on a bike for two hundred and some miles. 112. It was windy. One hundred and twelve. It was windy. The pros were getting knocked who's over. Count, people who's are counting. People are coming back missing half their thigh meat, and then got off the bike. And as he walks by, says, "Do you know there's a run next?" I mean, just that cheeky English, you know, humor. Did, and then did, did he
2: did did he have to um, bandage his, his nipples so that it didn't so bleed?
4: Didn't check, but. There were a few other things that did come up. All right. But, thank you. Thank then, you, Chris. But, Jesus, but then man. ran that thing. And every it's time a, he went by thing, us, Michael. It's a thing, Michael. It it's it a, a thing. There's a few it other is. triathlon things. But yeah. then he crossed the finish line, you know, arms up, full cognizance, no inability to communicate. And then we had to walk 20 minutes to go get his bike and take it to the car. It was like, this is torture for someone who just spent the entire day and and never once would you know that he you know was doing this and was just in the best awesome. spirits and we we couldn't have been prouder of him
5: so we're here for the good and the bad is what he's trying to say kyle so game on <laughs> game on kyle i'm into it good
4: you gotta
3: find a job again awesome come on up